0: All right. this is Gary McIntyre. I'm here with John Hume. Today we're going to be introducing a new segment called Meet the Staff. And since John is our newest staff member, we thought we would uh, begin with him, mainly because he still kind of has his shine on him. And uh, we're excited to have him uh, with us uh, on this new episode of Digital DBC. So, John, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Excellent. Glad to be here. Uh, Glad to be here with you, Gary. Grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, on a farm. I didn't farm as a kid, but um, it was my family farm for my grandfather. My dad and my uncle both had property on that farm. Um, raised there, went to the University of Louisville, uh, got a music ed degree, thought I was going to be a marching band director. God had other plans for my life, so I went out to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas. That's where I met my wife, Paige, and uh, after we got married, moved to Illinois and have two boys. Cameron is 23. Kelly is 19. Uh, Cameron is a music student at Missouri Baptist University in St. Louis, Missouri. And Kelly is a business marketing major at Union University in Jackson, Tennessee. So hopefully the church here will get to meet our boys at some point. They met Kelly maybe in December, but... um, They'll get to meet him at some point. So, so
0: Paige is still kind of new to the area. You came down here. How long were you here before she was here? Yeah,
1: I was here almost a month before she got here. So, yeah, she's new. And um, so March 7th, she'll start a new job. So she'll be working for the Georgia Baptist Retirement Communities. Um, the location she'll be working with is in Decatur uh, in, on Claremont. It's called Claremont Crest. And she'll be working with that organization. So it'll be great. That's
0: excellent. So how are you settling in? How are you finding it down here?
1: Uh, Settling in great. It's everything everybody told us it would be, right? A lot of traffic. um, Just figuring it out. No excuse with it. Just understanding what it looks like and when to leave. Um, Looking forward to the warm
0: weather. Um, Well, it doesn't stay warm. It goes from warm... Then it gets hot. Then hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, And then it gets really hot yeah. and humid. So, uh, yeah, but keep looking forward to the warm because yeah. that is fun. That's fun. That's fun. So, uh, you haven't been here long enough to really learn how to be disappointed by the sports teams yet. Matter of fact, you're kind of spoiled. Were you here when the Braves did their thing? Uh, we were on the way here, kind of. We, we knew we were going to be moving here when the, they won the World Series. So, well, uh, well hey, you, it looks like you brought it with you. So, good job on that. Are you a Georgia Bulldogs fan yet? Uh, no. We're going to fix that. All yeah. right, excellent. All right, so we don't need to talk about anything else then. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about your backstory. What, what, what's your Jesus story? How did you come to Christ? Excellent. Um, grew up in a with a family that was part of church.
1: Church was part of our life. Um, an old church that had fall and spring revivals, and it was during a spring revival, um, after those Sunday morning services, I was out on our farm cutting wood with my dad, we would have trees fall down in storms and usually wrap a log chain around them and drag them with a tractor up and then cut them and split them. And it was while we were cutting, working on one of those trees, I started asking him, I was nine years old, started asking him questions about what I'd heard in the sermon from an evangelist. And from that, recognized my need, everything I knew I had done wrong as a nine year old, right? To ask Christ to come in my life and be my savior. And that, that decision as a nine year old um, continued to, to obviously have an impact in my life and recognize that that salvation was sudden, right? I knew that I was a believer. But then as I continued to live and do things, I, I realized I needed to continue to grow in Christ. So it, when I was in eighth grade, a story I remember being at a summer camp, um, I've always been involved in music, was a trumpet player, and I recognized that God had given me some gifts in music. So as an eighth grader, I recognized I need to give all of that to God and just be open to do whatever I need to do music-wise for Him. So that, as an eighth grader, did that. Um, Got a little more serious about music and the trumpet through high school. Went to college at the University of Louisville that I mentioned, and um, it was in the process of that that I really felt like God led me there. Right away, I had Three friends, first day of band camp, going into college, that were believers, and we just ended up just talking with each other, and um, two of them, one lives in Norcross, the other one lives in Greenville, South Carolina, so we have big plans to get together and um, watch the University of Louisville play Georgia Tech or Clemson, you know, in some sports just around here and just see what that's like, and having those guys in my life and God leading me there was just a super, super... um, Blessing in my life. I still look at that as a blessing.
0: So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How, so how did you get from there to feeling a call to ministry? That's great. So I, I really did. Um, I wanted to have a big,
1: bad marching band. I mean, that was, that was, well, I mean, tough. who doesn't? Right. 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 That, I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, that was been my dream yeah. too. And I'm actually, I'm not joking. It may sound like I am. Uh, I'm really not. I'm a huge marching band fan, but that's later in the conversation. That's right. That's right. right? Yeah. It
1: is. So I, I was on track for that. I was a student teaching at a school in Louisville and uh, kind of knew a direction I could go with different schools that needed band directors right around the Louisville area in Kentucky. Um, And I was at a conference, they called it the Baptist Student Union back then. Yeah, Uh, I was a part of that. Yeah. And so leadership training conference in the Baptist Student Union, again, in the springtime. And a lady got up and she had a banana. It's the weirdest story, but I can remember like it happened yesterday. And she peeled the very top of the banana down. You could just see the white. And she said, this is what most of you've done in your life for God. And, And if that's what God's called you to do, that's great. But then she peeled the rest of the banana. And she said, but God wants more out of your life. And when she did that, it was like somebody just smacked me right in the top of the head and said, God wants more out of your life than what you're doing. And there's nothing wrong with being a band director. I I wanted to be a Christian influence in the school system. Sure. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I recognized at that point, God had something different for my life. And that difference looked like going to seminary and being trained a different way. Mm -hmm. And so that Sunday went up and told my church, and it was a funny reaction. They just kind of said, well, we've been waiting for you to tell us this for a long time. They recognized something in my life that I didn't recognize initially. So that, that was the decision. I made the decision to go out to Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth. Um, a lot of reasons went behind that. I had worked with people at summer camps and had a lot of friends out in Texas, and um, and to be honest, the Southern Seminary in Louisville—they were going through a transition and a real rough time at that point. So,
0: yeah, I remember the period.
1: Yeah, so I went out to Texas and um, started working at a church, First Baptist Arlington, Texas, which is much like DBC um, in makeup and philosophy. And the uh, just there's so many similarities to those churches. It's just really wonderful. It makes it comfortable being here. My first Sunday at First Baptist Arlington, the music minister said, would you help our junior high orchestra program? I was like, junior high orchestra program? Sure, love to help. We'll even pay for your seminary if you do that. So I was like, okay, deal. So right away, within just a couple of months of graduating, I was in a situation following God and immediately was able to use some of my skills that I had through college to help at that church. Transitioned at that church to being a youth music associate, And anything music-related, youth-related, this was back in the heyday of youth choirs, um, youth choir tours, um, some mission work along with that. So did that at Arlington, um, graduated from the seminary on May the 12th, got married on May the 13th, and then God led us to Illinois to work at a church uh, six weeks after we got married. So we never thought we would live in Illinois. I had never, I'd been to Chicago, but didn't know anything about Illinois, and um, started there as a youth and music minister, Uh, transitioned out of that after several years to doing worship, discipleship missions. That was kind of my focus. We wanted to call it global discipleship. We thought that was a worship and global discipleship, but uh, some leaders of the church didn't think people would understand it. They said, well, you'll have to explain to everybody what your job is, and we were like, that's a great idea. You know, I get to explain it every time somebody asks through that process. I was there for 26 years. I raised our boys in Jacksonville, Illinois. That's what they've always known as their home. Paige and I were restless. I was restless. Uh, she was restless too, but I don't want you to think that, um, that she was leading this, right? She wasn't leading the charge in this, but in our life, we were both restless and I knew that God was doing something. Didn't know what it looked like, so we had um, we were open to whatever God wanted us to do. Whether it was, I didn't think it would, worship was going to be a part of it, and that was a hard decision to make. Um, I can remember talking with Paige. So this I don't remember what Thanksgiving it was, two or three years ago, and finally told her I don't think worship is in our future. I don't think music in the church. I'll do a little bit of it, but I don't think this is what God has for us. And that was a very hard statement for me to make because it has been a part of my life, right? Part of every part of my life. But when I made that statement, there was such a freedom. It was like it was like a weight had been lifted off of me. I was like, I spoke it out loud. Now that I've spoken it out loud, I felt com- comfortable, right? And confident that this is what God was leading. So that process led us to uh, Be open to some different avenues of ministry. Maybe I would just explain it that way. Uh, Through the process of searching and praying, we read about Dunwoody Baptist Church, looking for someone with some experience. Um, A lot of places just went three to five years. We went three to five years, three to five years. This church was looking for more than that. I knew the name Alan Jackson uh, through student ministry things.
0: I Did knew, you know this Alan Jackson? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. apparently there's several out there. I didn't even know there was another Alan pastor Alan Jackson. I knew there was the Chattahoochee singing Alan right, Jackson, right. Uh, but you knew this one. I knew of this Alan Jackson.
1: Yeah. I had worked with his brother one summer at a camp, um, his brother James, and I think a lot of James um, and I knew what I knew of Alan Jackson. I knew that I would enjoy working with someone like Alan Jackson. His student ministry background, I felt like we would have some c- common things, some connections, some people we would maybe maybe know, and that has played out. We, we really have a lot of cross connections with people, which is really super. And all of them say the same thing about him. So in that process, God let us, let us here. Um, started talking with the committee. I was honest with them from the beginning. The job they've asked me to do, I've never done this specific job before, right? Honest with them from the front. Um, I guess they they narrowed down candidates and I was kept still in the pool of candidates. Um, After I would talk with the committee, it was all done by video. I would just sit and wait for an email from Betsy. You know, she was the one who I would communicate with. Okay, am I getting one from her? Am I still in the process? Am I still in the process? And every step of the process... Wait, wait, wait,
0: wait. So did her letter start with Dear John. <laughs> they were all Dear John letters. She has yep. a habit <laughs> of starting every message with dear and is, is kind of uh, endearing. Um, I guess if she's mad at you and she doesn't start it with that, then you know things are really you going do. wrong. But right. just the idea of getting a Dear John letter from Betsy, yeah. I'm kind of amused by that. Uh, so, So you got the letter?
1: I did. And I, at each step of the process, I would almost be a little hesitant to write to click on the email, make sure it was good, but we felt good. I felt good every time I spoke with the committee, every time I prayed about it, every time I thought about it. I thought this is a good fit for us, and so we continued to progress, and in last October, October of 2021, we came here and visited uh, in person.
0: I remember your Uh, visit. Didn't you have a sling? I did, yeah.
1: yeah. So something going on with your arm there? Yeah, we had... um, Paige and I had had the opportunity to go and hike into the Grand Canyon. We spent three days uh, and two nights with a guide, uh, and we hiked down into the bottom of the canyon and spent the night and carried our own food and water and did all that. It was a tremendous experience, hardest thing we've ever done, Uh, even raising children. I think it was harder than that. Um, But in that process, I had slipped on one of the trails and tore my rotator tendon, fully tore my rotator tendon, and then... uh, messed up my bicep tendon where they had to cut it and repair it and then messed up a subscabular tendon that they had to end up repairing. So were you hiking? Hiking. So you were on foot. I was on foot. Were you on the way back up when this happened? No we were down in the canyon so I had to carry all my stuff back out. It was it was. You
0: might be the toughest man I've ever met.
1: It was was painful uh and it was just hard right just hard the climb was hard. Right. I mean everything was hard about it even if I didn't have a torn up arm it was still hard Yeah, so that was part of that um, journey. Visited here, face-to-face with everyone. It was great. I knew at that point they were looking at another candidate also. So we just felt like we had to be honest with everybody, right? This is who we are. This is who I am. Um, We really have enjoyed being with you all, right? We've enjoyed meeting people. If this is what God has for us, fantastic, you know. If not, I had enough confidence in the process that D B C had done that if I wasn't the candidate, I knew that they had prayerfully considered everything. Even though I would have been hurt probably in some ways, right. and frustrated, I would have had some knowledge that that they had followed God's leadership and they were going the direction they needed to go. Um, but we were the candidate. I say we. Um I'm the one called to this position, but if Paige is not in agreement with it right right? it would be a tough tough sell so when I say we if you hear me say we and these things it's I don't have to have her holding my hand to do my job sure but having her in the process having her understanding having her being my partner in that and not not
0: just partner as wife understanding that is just huge right huge is important well that's a calling in itself and I mean, even the wife. I mean, there, there's a calling on the wife, if nothing else, to support the husband in ministry. And so, when you say "we," it's a very valid "we." Uh, so, I mean, because I, I get that, I've been on uh, all sides of that. So, I mean, we love having you around here. It's, it's great to uh, to one see uh, that that office being used again and know that because from I've been here a little bit over a year and a half, maybe getting close to that and. And you were always in the talks. I mean, just filling that discipleship pastor position uh, as long as I've been here, and it was kind of neat to see that process uh, come together. And the fact that you speak to the diligence of the team that brought you on—that uh, that's that's exciting too. I, I'm, I love hearing that kind of thing because it's a serious thing. It's a it's a big deal, and to see the church take that seriously, I think goes a long way to to talking to how much our church cares about the ministry and the the community make sure we have the right people in the right positions. Right. And so, uh, well done. We're so glad to have you here. One of the questions I like to ask is, uh, because you're probably aware that, you know, we're basically a culmination of the decisions that we've made. Uh, Every decision we've made had something to do with the direction our lives had taken. I'm curious if you had an opportunity to somehow go back and talk to a, a younger version of yourself, I mean, what might you say? What kind of advice would you give me? Yeah, a younger version of you. What would you tell a younger version of you if you had a chance? I uh, I had a gentleman share with me First uh, Samuel
1: sixteen seven at one part of my journey. I was really struggling with some things in my life and um. He sat me down and he said, let's look at this verse, you know, this is when, in the middle of David being um, chosen, and the verse says, the Lord does not look at the things that man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at our heart. And that verse, he meant he meant to give me that verse to bring comfort, but that verse brought uh, conviction. I'm not even sure what to say, but but I knew what my heart was like at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And if God was looking at my heart, I was trying to make my outward appearance look like something, right? Look like something that people would like, people would enjoy being around. Um, but I also knew my heart was bad, right? And it, I wasn't like, it wasn't awful, but I wasn't living every way for Christ. I was um, trying to manipulate situations or do things in situations that just weren't right. And I was being f- we, we, Pastor Alan talked about being a hypocrite a couple of weeks ago, you know, wearing a mask on stage to make yourself look like something different. That was me. Um, I was trying to be whoever, like a chameleon, whatever group I was with, I was going to fit and join that group and, and look like that group. That way I hope people would like me. And so what I would tell a younger version of myself is that God has created me and uniquely designed me, or uniquely designed, if I was talking to myself. John, He's unique, uniquely designed you. And rest in that. Understand that. God has gifted you in so many ways. So just understand who He's created you to be and live that way. There's an old comedian. Um, I don't even know if he's still alive, but Grady Nut was his name. No, he's uh, gone. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. And and he he spoke. Um, I can remember him speaking about those things, right? Um just even in the midst of his comedy act, he would always come back and remind us that God, that God has created you to be you. And so just live in that and rest in that. I, I'm a person of worth is what he said. You know. And Christ must have thought so too or he wouldn't have died for me. And when I recognized that, I would go back and just try to instill that in my life. Just to be who, you, be who God created you to be. Don't try to be somebody else. Be who God's created you to be. A man looks at the outward appearance, right? And God looks at our heart, and, and my heart needed to change. And I was trying to make my outward appearance look like all kinds of things. But when I understood that verse and recognized that, that's what I would go back and tell. And I still tell myself that if you want to know the that, truth. No, that, so, I,
0: that, I was about to ask, because that sounds like some great advice, not for younger you, but for all versions of all of us. That's pretty powerful. Uh, and almost on the spot too. So well, well said there. Well said there. Uh, give us a preview. Tell us a little bit about some of the things you want to you're looking to accomplish here at DBC. Excellent. So it's fun to get it to be in meetings and to talk to people because
1: it's as with anything you're doing in church, everybody has an idea about what you should be doing, right? Everybody has a they have their idea. Um, I'm looking at okay, what what's urgent, what's important, right, to be done. Right now, I'm focusing a lot on our Sunday morning Bible study classes. People are here on campus at that time. We've got strong classes, strong teachers, which is really great to come into. So we also have people who come on Sunday mornings who aren't a part of any Sunday morning Bible study class. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to be starting a class. I'm going to be starting a class for people. We're going to target people who aren't involved in a Sunday morning Bible study currently and hopefully get them involved and connected in a group so that that's my initial plan would be to strengthen when I say strengthen our Sunday morning Bible study classes they are strong but how can we continue to help people recognize what the Bible says and apply that to our lives and then grow in fellowship with each other and then from that from those strong Sunday morning Bible study classes life groups can develop that might look like different things um and then that fellowship and that growth in Christ can continue to develop. I would love to see our ministries have an impact in someone's life beyond Sunday. Yeah, you know, I don't want to see a, a, a worship service or a Sunday morning Bible study class or a, a life group, whenever it might happen, just have an impact for that hour or hour and a half they're in that group, right? So if if they're in Sunday morning, and they are part of a worship service in Sunday morning Bible study or Sunday morning Bible study and then a worship service, what can that do for their life on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday? So how can we help people see that God's Word is not just for this hour, but can impact us all week long? So those are some of the big, big thoughts and big ideas I have. I would want people in every situation we're in that when we're finished talking with them, whether it's one-on-one, having coffee with someone, eating lunch with someone, that that person is closer to Jesus at the end of that conversation, at the end of that Bible study, at the end of that class, they're closer to Jesus than they were when they started. Because we can continue to just gently push them toward the life-changing message that we find in Jesus Christ. So.
0: Well, I can see and I'm confident that anybody listening to this will be able to easily determine what it was that, that drew you to the committee that brought you on. I mean, you've got some, uh, a great vision. uh, And it it, All right. Give me a, give me a pitch. You want people to get involved. Uh, What are you wanting to tell them? This is your big chance right now. People are listening. I mean, we're going viral. There's, we got countless tens of people listening to us right now. What's your pitch to them to get involved? I would want them to see. So this is completely.
1: So, um, Everybody listening, this wasn't one of the questions he sent me, so this is good. So, um, I would want them to know that a life with Jesus is better than a life without Jesus. Or the obvious statement. So, I would want them to see that as we grow in re- in our relationship with Christ, we're also growing in our relationship with each other. That we're living life. It sounds like a cliche, or a, uh, just a goofy comment, not goofy comment, but we are living life in the shape of a cross. We're growing to know Christ better—that vertical relationship. We're growing to love each other better—that's that horizontal relationship—and live right in that nexus, right in that middle of where those two meet. Growing in Christ, loving others. Jesus said, "You know, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And the second is is as important—to love your neighbor as yourself." So if one is not right, the other's not going to be right. If, if our relationship with God is not right, our relationship with others is not going to be right. If our relationship with other people is not right, our relationship with God is not going to be right. We have to have that together. So I would want people to understand that as we grow in our relationship with Christ, we are also growing with each other. And that's part of living the Christian life is to be a part of a group, to be a part of people who can live with us, celebrate with us, mourn with us, share with us, as we grow in our relationship with Christ, with each other,
0: I, I gotta say uh, the fact that you just said all of that in one take on a question that you didn't know was coming—that uh, was that was pretty good. Yeah. I give you props. Thanks. Well, well, well done. Uh, now, I want to get to the question that I know that just everybody on this uh, who's listening to us right now really <laughs> just can't wait because this is the the moment that everybody's been waiting for, uh, and this was on the list of questions it that was. I sent you. Tell me and all those listening why Carolina Crown is your favorite drum and bugle corps ever. Go. So, uh, I
1: do enjoy listening to Carolina Crown. I'm, uh, I'm not confident in the uh, direction
0: this conversation is going, <laughs> but please continue.
1: They have unbelievable skill as brass players. I mean, just remarkable. I mean, it's just, you have to be impressed. I'm envious. Right is how they play. I mean, uh, all they do is bring home first place in brass. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Growing up, I was a big fan. At that point, they would call them the Garfield Cadets of years and years and years they ago. They keep from,
0: changing their names. They do. Yeah. They do. Cadets of
1: Bergen County, the Cadets. They did a West Side Story show uh, in the mid-'80s that was just knocked out of the park. In college, several of the guys in our marching band, they marched with Phantom Regiment. And the classical music that Phantom would do was ridiculous. But to watch any of these groups, Carolina Crown obviously is right up there, one of the top cores now, right? And just historically, I don't know anybody who can, I mean, the brass work they do, the percussion work they do, everything they do is just top notch. But to be able to march and play at the same time and do that is always crazy to me. I I enjoyed being in a college marching band where we were just entertainment. Right. We would march and we didn't play, and then just stand and play, play hard. And
0: <laughs> I heard about crowd. an interview. I want to, I think it was Joe Theismann, uh, quarterback. It might have been Steve Young, uh, and and he was actually looking at the what I guess what they call the book, which is the all the drill, drill design. Right? Uh, and he it was this like multi hundred page book where everybody had to know their spot. And he he asked one of the drum corps directors. He said, "Is this your playbook?" Uh, And he was just amazed by everything that someone on the field had to do. Uh, And there was 150 of them doing it all at the same time. And he was just blown away by that. He said, "I've, I've never seen anything like this activity. And he became a fan. Uh, and it wasn't even, I heard another story about this kid who I think he marched with the blue devils on the drum line and they, they strapped a, a heartbeat monitor to him mm-hmm. and they just watched, you know, his heartbeat during the whole performance. And it was up near 200 for like 12 minutes straight. Sure. He was just blown away by the athleticism of these guys out there because this isn't your marching band. They're out there, they're running and playing and all this stuff at the same time. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. You and the cadets, they are, they're good. Yeah. They are, they're really good.
1: But let's, let's look at this. Let's bring it back to, let's think about this in any organization like that, uh, you know, a drum corps, a college marching band, high school marching band, a choir, an orchestra, musically, whatever, a theater group, a football team, right? All of these groups, they're individual. They can have star individual players, but the stronger they work together as a team, right? The stronger an organization is going to be. So here, one, another thing I would like to add about DBC, we want people to understand how God has gifted them. Just like I mentioned, what would I tell a younger version of myself? I want people to understand that God has supernaturally gifted them to build up the body of Christ. And we have spiritual gifts that God has empowered us with, has gifted us with. We also have personalities. Some people are introverts, some people are extroverts. We have a lot of experiences in our life that have helped shape us. We have a lot of passions. And if we can help people understand their spiritual gifts, their heart, their passion, their abilities, their personality, their experiences, then we can help see how they've been shaped to work as a body of Christ. And just like a, a, a drum corps, their, their drum line, their drum major, everybody who's written the drill ahead of time and, and written the music ahead of time, they're all working together to create something very powerful as a church we can do the same thing, right? We have pastors, we have staff, we have members, but we all work together as a body of Christ to build up and make it stronger. And just think the impact we could have in the community of DBC, all going for a general purpose, all going for a direction. We wouldn't just be events that happen here during the week. We could be an impact and a strong voice in this community, not just in Dunwoody, but in surrounding communities that touch Dunwoody to be a huge light for Christ as we all work together to celebrate what he's done for us and, and, and rejoice in how he's going to lead people here to, to have a greater relationship with him. So that's going to be exciting. So. It
0: is going to be exciting. And I, I love how you brought the answer from the drum corps stuff back into the whole idea of... Each of us being uniquely gifted for a purpose, and, and when we combine our gifts together, we can do more than we ever could alone. And that's exactly how God designed it. Exactly. Uh, and so with that, I'm not sure we even have much more to, to ask. Do you have anything you would like to close out with? I, I am going to enjoy
1: continuing to see how God has led us here, why God has led us here. It seems like every week there's something happens where we're like, God, I thank you and praise you. I do miss people in Illinois, right? 26 years of relationships with people was hard to leave. Um, But the confidence that we have that God has led us here is huge. And so we continue to see that. So as we continue this journey down the road, it's going to be exciting to see how god is leading people to himself right to, to a greater knowledge and understanding of who he is that people understand this beautiful life-changing message that we find in jesus christ and to be a part of that journey is going to be just wonderful so we look forward to that
0: All celebrating right. easter celebrating everything so sorry gary No, so no, thank no, you. no no appreciate you being with us again this is i'm gary mcintyre I've, I've been here with john hume our new discipleship pastor mm-hmm and uh, we are looking forward to seeing what the future holds for all of us i think the the future is going to be really bright uh, as long as we keep our eyes on the mission that god has given us that's right and i have every reason to believe that, that that is absolutely going to be the case